This is Digitalk, the podcast. In the next few episodes, you will hear conversations with digital visionaries. They will talk about the big ideas and technology trends that will shape the way we live and do business in the next few years. Hello everyone, this is Digitalk, the podcast. I am Ivan Zapranov and today with me is Titus Saitovsky, who is a very, very interesting job. He's a startup lawyer from Saitovsky and Partners, and he's also an angel investor. Titus is going to be one of the speakers on this year's Digitalk. And with that on the side, I am saying hi, Titus. Hi, Johan. How are you? I'm pretty great, I have to say, and I hope that you are too. I can't complain. It's very exciting times to be a lawyer in startup world. We can start exactly from there. You're a startup lawyer, which sounds a bit exotic, we should say. How would you describe your job? Well, being a lawyer for startups is different than being a lawyer for a big company. And it takes a certain, uh, certain legal skills and it also takes some different business skills. So my clients look for help with either starting a company, scaling it, growing it, and finally exiting. And it's all tied into either US market expansion or technology. And you have to have knowledge about US market expansion or uh, the growth of technology companies like Telerik in Bulgaria or uh, UiPath in Romania. Why did you decide to be a startup lawyer and how is it different than being a regular lawyer? Well, it's a funny story. I worked on Wall Street in 2008 and I was doing structured finance and securitization. That exploded and I had to reinvent myself. So uh, I started working at a micro VC family office Uh, that was investing in startups. And then uh, I decided to open my own law firm. I did product market fit, customer discovery, like any entrepreneur. And then I discovered that I work best with founders and technology companies that are outside of the US and are expanding to the global markets. You help them how? It usually starts with either incorporating them in the U.S. or doing a flip, which means to move their whole business to the U.S. with the ownership structure, helping them raise money from investors in Silicon Valley or from top tier funds in Europe, hiring, firing, scaling their company in the U.S. And it's not an easy easy job to be a founder, let's say in Bulgaria, and then scale a business to the US. There's legal processes that can make that less stressful and one click away. And I have the experience and the knowledge right now uh, to get that done very effectively for uh, foreign founders. How do you decide with which companies and in which sectors and which technologies you work with? Yeah, so I tend to work mostly with European founders or founders from Latin America, and that's my focus. In my customer discovery, as I mentioned, I found out I work best with them and I have a product that they love and they're excited about. And I'm excited and very passionate about founders from Central and Eastern Europe because they're very talented A lot of times they're on par with founders from Silicon Valley, but they just need certain tweaking assistance to make them even bigger and more amazing. 
I know how how one becomes a lawyer, but you also invest. How did that happen? And how do you decide to invest in a company? What are you looking for? So it happened, you know, accidentally. You know, lawyers usually don't invest, and there's some, you know, legal ramifications how to do it, what you can't do. So in general, it's not standard. But I noticed that a lot of people that I liked from Central and Eastern Europe are the same people that my investors in my network in Silicon Valley or in Europe invested. So I thought, you know, I recognize the same pattern. I'm very passionate about, you know, these individuals and I want to support them. And, you know, it's not that they're less talented and and I want to support them and more than just being an amazing lawyer. So the way I recognize them, I have two tests. So test number one is I'm thinking to myself, what founder characteristics do these guys have to build a billion dollar company? So for example, when I met Ivan from GTM Hub, I think it was in 2016 or maybe 2017 in Berlin at Techstars. And I knew from the get-go from day one that this guy is amazing. And, you know, he is very typical for Croatia, Bulgaria, and Eastern Europe. But nonetheless, he has the founder characteristics of a great founder. And I felt comfortable that he's going to be able to build an amazing company. Then the second thing that I look for is product market fit. So I look at companies and what is the feedback? What information have they been able to get from their customers? Are customers excited about them? And the 100% litmus test is when I see a founder from Sofia or Varna or from Bucharest that has the courage to call US customers. So when I see a founder that is capable of uh, closing sales in the US, I know he's the right fit for me and I can also help him um, down the road. I'm very interested in your first step. In specifics, how do you decide that someone can uh, found and run a billion dollar company? So basically, there's an unfair competitive advantage that guys in Silicon Valley have. So they're close to money. They're close to advisors, and then they're close to other companies that are buying startups like Facebook, Google, Amazon. So when I see that someone is on par and they can beat someone uh, in Silicon Valley, then I know this is the person I should be betting on. And, you know, I had one founder, he didn't have a deck, he didn't have a website, but he finished his master in computer science from Oxford was at a startup that succeeded. Uh, he was one of the first employees. And he was, you know, very similar to Mark Zuckerberg. He had like that attitude. And I wrote a small check with no deck, no presentation, no website, nothing. A month later, he got into Y Combinator. And after YC, he raised an astronomical amount of money. So I feel that is like the type of person that I'm uh, looking to invest. And just FYI, that person was from Central and Eastern Europe and he received, uh, he did his uh, seed round with a cell and index. You're very deep into the tech business in a number of ecosystems. What is the most important and fascinating trend that you are seeing right now uh, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a technological shift? 
What is the most interesting thing right now? I think the most interesting things are accelerating. And even with COVID and all these difficulties, people have, are not stopping. They're building companies. Last year, and again, you know, I focus on Europe. I did 33 uh, venture financings plus four exits. As of April 26, so basically Q1 plus April, I've done already about 19, 20 deals so far. So I feel there's a lot of cash in Europe. People are excited and it's really moving quickly. Why is that? Because last year we thought that uh, venture capital should be slowing down, but actually accelerated. Why is it even more riskier? You know, venture capital is about risk, identifying those risks and mitigating them. And for in some areas, people thought that due to COVID and health crisis, people are not going to be risking their jobs and their security to start businesses. It turns out that there are more people taking risks and new geographies are coming into place. I came to Bulgaria six years ago or maybe seven uh, for the opening of Beta House. And there was only 11. Launch Hub was starting. And the most impressive thing was, you know, Beta House. But I felt, you know, there was nothing there. And then, you know, three, four, five years ago, Telerik had the exit. People started to become serious. The diaspora in Bulgaria started to get more active. So I see that happening all over Central and Eastern Europe. It's happening in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, even countries that were not as sexy are becoming sexy. You know, there's more. Point nine just did a deal in Serbia, early bird, Macedonia, Slovenia. The whole Balkan ecosystem is starting to uh, explode. We just had a week ago the UI Path IPO. Uh, so this this is a very big deal for the Balkans and for uh, Europe in particular. So. You already mentioned that American companies from the Silicon Valley, they have this uh, unfair advantage. It's a home field advantage. So how can European companies uh, work with that? Well, I think the unfair competitive advantage of Central and Eastern Europe is amazing technical talent and you have to play to your strength. We can build things faster, cheaply, and we see things differently because we're from Eastern Europe. It's a unique perspective. The other thing, entrepreneurs are born through other entrepreneurs. So the more entrepreneurs there are in Eastern Europe, the more unicorns will be created. Daniel Dinesh, the CEO and founder of UiPath, is already investing in, in companies in, in Eastern Europe. If you look, he invested in a company called Resistant AI in the Czech Republic with Seedcamp, with Seedcamp, Credo, and Index. So those people are investing. The founders of Telerik became GPs and LPs in uh, 11. So that spiral is becoming bigger and bigger and people see it's doable, it's easy. There's a path to it. So there's going to be more exits. There's going to be more companies being created for successful entrepreneurs. You can bet on that. There are hundreds of entrepreneurs, Bulgarian entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast. So to finish it off, what would be your advice to them? I think get out of your comfort zone and risk and embrace, you know, your uniqueness as Bulgarian founders. You have a 
you know, amazing Bulgarian VCs. There's a Bulgarian in Founders Fund. There's a Bulgarian at Two Sigma Ventures at Sigfoya. You have all of the infrastructure set up. You just have to dream bigger, have the courage, and not be afraid of failing. Nothing is going to stop you. The only thing that stops amazing founders is just themselves and their lack of ambition. And I think that period has ended for Bulgarian founders and founders in general in Eastern Europe. Thank you very much, Titus. It's been absolutely great talking to you. And I hope to hear and see you soon. And I will on 27th or 28th of May in Digitalk. I am super excited to be participant in Digital Talk. And uh, even though I won't be able to be physically there, I feel that I'm a member of the Bulgarian tech diaspora and uh, waiting to uh, see everyone in Bulgaria once COVID ends. Thank you and bye. Bye. Thank you. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Sound editing was done by Tihumir Kolev. I am your host, Yuan Zaprianov. Hear you soon.